Hello, this is Reverend Erehim. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. Amen. All right, today I want to speak on come up higher. Come up higher. I will, I will, the title has its, its portion, but I'll tweak it in a particular way. So let's bow and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask the entrance of your word will bring light and understanding. We speak over this atmosphere that will hear your word in clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tell somebody, come up higher. All right. Turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. This month is our open heavens month in the year of wisdom. So the Bible says that after these things I look and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here, I will show you the things which would take place after this so this text was a text where john the revelator was caught up into heaven and he began to receive revelation about the things that will happen after that in some translations it's called apocalypsis talking about the things that will happen but i believe that is in our our context god wants us to hear his voice and amazingly, today is Pentecost Sunday. I told somebody to give a hand clap unto the Lord for that. Amen. Today was the day that God sent the Holy Spirit to come down earth. So God wants us to come up higher in the pursuit of him. It is his desire that we hear his voice. God does not want any of us to be oblivious to his voice and to his leadings and God does not want you to miss his voice because God's want, God wants you to understand him and also hear from him that's why in John chapter 10 verse 27 to 28 John chapter 10 verse 27 to 28 Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he said that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand hallelujah so you see Jesus saying that his sheep which is we his followers we have a clear grace to hear his voice and he knows us and we and we follow him and he gives us internal life which will never perish neither sh shall anyone snatch them out of my hand but if you are not going to be snatched out of the hand of God you must hear his voice in, in those days um, uh, historically when they were keeping sheep in the wilderness when the, the shepherds go to graze the sheep because sometimes they go for days for weeks for months so they go out into the fields and in the evening they go to the shelter where 
they keep all the sheep together in one unit. So I bring my sheep, Pastor Emmett brings his sheep, maybe Pastor Divine brings his sheep, Pastor Ben brings his sheep, Pastor Deborah, all of us bring our sheep together. Then in the morning, when we wake up and we want to leave, all we have to do is to go and stand at the gate of the, the, the pen or whatever it is and just whistle a particular whistle. And all the sheep that belongs to me or I'm taking care will follow me. And you know, when you are leading sheep, it's different from leading goats. If you go to uh, uh, where they sell the goat and the sheep, you see the difference. Normally, when you are leading sheep, the shepherd is just leading and they are following. But goat, you have to be at the back. I hope you are not a goat. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what happens is that the shepherd just moves out and all the sheep will follow because they hear. So what happens is that when another person comes into the pen or whatever it is where the sheep is, when they whistle, they will not listen to him. So one of the critical things that we must know in our day and time is hearing the voice of God. Today, people or believers don't even know the difference in the voice of God and the voice of any other thing. Because anything that wears a suit that appears in a pulpit is a man of God. Hallelujah. So in the next two, two Sundays, I'm going to attempt to share with you how to hear the voice of God. If you are going to come up higher to hear God's voice, preparing us for our 40 days of power, we must be able to hear God's voice so that you will not be led astray just by what you see. Because knowing God is beyond what you see. Hallelujah. So the first way God speaks to us is his word. His word. Psalm 119.105 which is part of our confession this year says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There are two different things. The lamp is what you used to watch close by. Normally, when you are in a house where PDS takes off light. Hallelujah. I think some people have given some nickname to it. Hallelujah. I just don't want to talk about that. <laughs> if you have a candle, you will notice that you can only see close by a lamp to your feet. So it talks about daily walk or your immediate walk. Then a light to my path. Because if I have to move from where I am now to maybe probably my office, it's a distance. So I need a light that will go ahead of me. And God's word is able to be relevant to us where we stand and where we ought to go and where we ought to be. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that it's very important we understand that the word of God is the highest authority of knowing the will of God. As a matter of fact, 99% of what God wants you to, to do in your life is spelled out in his word. 99% is in his word. 
God will not mysteriously lead you into something that contradicts his word. God will not lead you mysteriously. So in fact, unfortunately for our generation, we are more concerned about the spectacular than the word of God. That's how come our teaching services have become very few. And our service where we say, I see, is full. When he said, open to, you don't like it. I see, I like it. Tell somebody this church we open to. Yeah, open to, open to, open to, tend to. Not I see. Because if I come and stand here and say, I see, I see, oh, the place will be full. When I say open to, oh, we are pastor. We've opened to, uh, we've opened to chapter two, chapter three. Open, tell somebody open to. And I want you to know that the greatest way to know the mind of God is to open to. Tell somebody open to. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen. Second Timothy chapter three. 16 to 17. The Bible says all scripture, this is some scripture, all is given by inspiration of God, that means it's God breathed, profitable for doctrine. Doctrines are things that we follow from the scriptures, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God for that matter may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible is our major source of the will of God. People come and say, Pastor, I want to know the will of God. The will of God for your life is in the scriptures. The will of God for your life is in the scriptures. How much of the revealed word of God are you following? Are you faithfully seeking him daily through the Bible and by prayer? That is why we call ourselves the Bible-believing church. I am not going to say anything here to offend anybody, but sometimes I watch people on television and I don't hear scripture. Not even one scripture is quoted. All we hear is all kinds of things. And that's what people, people tune to. And some of you can be so addicted to it. So much that you watch it. After you come and listen to me here, you go back and watch that one. Because the scriptures is the mind and the will of God. So anything, that's why, you see, in, in our day and time, our concern was to get concordance. Our concern was to get cross-reference. So that when I'm looking at something about marriage, I'll go to every scripture on marriage. If I'm having a challenge with sin, every scripture on fornication, and every scripture on adultery. So I turn to it and I read all the scriptures. By the time you finish reading all the scripture, the word will work on you. If I ask many of you today, do you have a concordance? Do you have a Bible cross-reference? 
Even the Bible you are holding is half New Testament. Even if you say, Pastor, I have my Bible on my iPad. Do you have the cross references on your iPad? Because those is electronic. Are you there on the app? Do you spend time? Say the word of God is the will of God. So anything you want to know about yourself, about what God wants you to become, is in his word. It's in his word. Hallelujah. Number two, the Holy Spirit witness. The Holy Spirit witness. The Holy Spirit was given to us as a witness of God's presence in our heart. The inner witness of the Holy Spirit is like a clearance officer in your spirit. How we call the spirit witness. Romans chapter 8 verse 16. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, my children don't need anybody to tell them that I'm their father. When you meet my, any of my children and say, is Pastor your father? You say that, oh, let me think about it. So yes. The question is, why are you asking me? He's my father. So also, the Holy Spirit witness in our hearts is a sign that we are the children of God. So when you get saved and the Spirit comes into you, you don't need anybody to tell you that you are connected to the Father. So the Spirit witness is what we call the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit makes us know. It says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, the Holy Spirit that comes into our heart is not for you to just feel goose pimples. When you come into a time of worship or something. No, it indicates signals. The Holy Spirit is like the policeman of your heart. In Ghana, now we cross red like we don't feel anything. But the Holy Spirit inside you indicates whether you are right with God or you are wrong with God. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 23, Paul, the apostle, was going to Jerusalem. Acts chapter 20, 22. And I see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying, chains and tribulations are with me. So what the Holy Spirit does is that it gives you indications. It gives you signals. When you are right with God, it gives you a signal. Your heart is at peace. You are joyful. When you go wrong, he tells you you are wrong. He tells you you just messed up. He tells you you didn't do it right. So the Holy Spirit is like a policeman of our conscience. He arrests you when you go wrong. I was watching a documentary. I won't mention the country where the police department now 
does not only arrest people but also commend people who follow the rules. Apparently, they have set a police team that also observe drivers in a small, it's a city state. And what they do is that when they stop you, they are not arresting you, but they are commending you for how you drive carefully and how they give you some fuel, give you some points. Hallelujah. You know about police. <laughs> but it was in Abu Dhabi. They were doing that. So they stop people, not because to arrest them, but they've observed you over the period that you follow the rules, you drive within the limits. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When you are doing the right things, when you follow the rules of God, He commends you. That makes you have a joyful heart. And when you go wrong, and there are times when you are going into something, the Holy Spirit, you don't go. Normally, his, his, voice, his voice is very clear, but you see, he's, I'll come to that. You will notice that he will speak one, two, by the third one, he goes off. Because he, he doesn't he doesn't strive with our hearts. And unfortunately, is that many of us, when the Holy Spirit gives us indication, our flesh is speaking. This thing, I have to do it. <laughs> this thing, I'm going to do it. And as long as you get to that point, it just withdraws. So, it's that witness we have. So, the Holy Spirit bears with them with our spirit. So, there are things that you know you come, sometimes you know that you, when you are coming to church late, you know he, he's not happy with you. Some of us, when he wakes us up at dawn to pray, he wakes you up, Joe, let me pray small, let me sleep small. Then you sleep, and sometimes that's when the sleep goes deep. And you wake up. Then he asks you, I gave you an assignment, you didn't respond. You feel very guilty. You feel very sad. And confession must take place. Hallelujah. Yes. You must. You must. <laughs> you think, <laughs> hallelujah. I may do a deep, deeper teaching on that. Number three, how do you know the will of God? Divinely directed desire. Divinely directed desire. This is a, an, a desired, an inspired desire that comes into your spirit. So you see that the word of God is number one. The t- number two is the Holy Spirit. Now, things that is inspired, God will always inspire his will in your heart. And when you follow it, you easily comply. God will never ask you for something you are not wired for. So people come to say, Pastor, I don't know the, my will of, I don't know the will of God for me. What is in your heart? What is the desire you have? Obviously, the desire is not to go and sin. Don't come and tell me that, Pastor, for me, my desire is just to sin. <laughs> then you are not of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 40 verse 7 says that, Psalm 40 verse 7 and 8. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written for me. I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is within my heart. So sometimes, whatever you want to do is in your heart. 
It's a desire. It's something. And I'm talking about doing things in righteousness. Fulfilling the assignment of God. Some of you, you are where you, you are somewhere today and it's, you are not very fulfilled. And he said, God, I want to know your will. And it's very important that it's a desire. It's a desire. God will never ask you for something you have no wife. So everything you want, you want to know the mind of God concerning your calling, concerning your assignment, concerning something you are called to do. It is something that you realize that you want to do. You won't even serve. That's why, can I tell you something? That's why any ministry you are serving, you didn't enter the ministry by yourself. There was a desire to go and serve there. So when you are serving there, stay there and obey the rules. You didn't just say that, I want to become an intercessor. I just want to be in the choir. It was a divine directed desire God placed in your heart. That's why you found yourself there. Once in a while, a pastor will notice you and say, go and serve here. But normally, it is God who puts that desire in our heart. Psalm 37 verse 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and it shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and shall come to pass. So when you delight yourself in God's work, delight yourself in God, all of a sudden, the desires of your heart to come to pass. Unfortunately, there are many who want God to do things in their life, but they don't delight themselves in God. We have become a generation that is selfish. All we want is for ourselves. You become a generation that don't want to contribute to anything. Divine directed desire. God will always cause. So what do you desire? What do you like? I remember when I had to yield to the call of God. I was working. There are days when I'm going to work, I'm crying. Because it had just left me. I was weeping. And I, I was working. Qualified person. Taking a salary. But I felt that was not what I was called to do. I was not satisfied. There was something that was not there. There was no joy. There was no fulfillment. Have you noticed that when you are called to serve in a particular ministry and you don't do it for some time, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Talk to me. Talk to me. Don't pretend. Yeah. If this is what you are called to do, you refuse to do it convicted very important so some people say oh, pastor I want you to know my will I'm not talking only about even call, about church stuff your work you are doing you are a, a, maybe in a financial institution but you like to trade petty trading you like that is what you desire you are able that is what it is so you must begin to plan and have an exit plan don't wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm resigning that is no wisdom Hallelujah. Number three, illumination or rima. This is an inspired word birthed in your spirit from scripture. Or a whisper or a voice from the Holy Spirit. It is an inner assurance and a witness of the spirit of God. It is that moment where the Holy Spirit breathes on a scripture 
and makes it speak to you directly. So, the word of God is general, but in one moment of your life, one particular word is just jumps to your spirit. You see, that's why you go back to the thing. If you don't know the word, what will the Holy Spirit be used to speak to you? If you only want to see, tell me what you see. Not even you want to see. Tell me what you see, Pastor. <laughs> Sometimes people come to you after you finish praying and say, Pastor, what do you see? I don't see anything. I see you wear your dress. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I have that challenge a lot when you travel abroad and people come and say, Pastor, eh, eh, some of the pastors want you to cancel their members and they come up and some of them say, eh, What do you see? I say, I don't see anything. I see scripture. That's why people are under, under pressure. And sometimes when the people are t- they tell them all kinds of stuff. One of the things I've told myself is that I will not tell you what I don't see. Can I tell you people, in the realm of the spirit, there's a thin line between familiar spirits and Holy Spirit. In a thin line. Just a thin, like a thread. And if you don't take your time, you'll be swayed. That's why me, where I stand today, if I don't see, I don't see. If I see, I'll say it. I'm not even interested in, in the supernatural. That's one of the lists. That's why I said that 99% of the way God speaks to us is through his word. Not spirit things. So I'm going for a typical conference or to speak. I pray over the word I'm going to preach. Not have to see something and call somebody and tell somebody no. No. That's not my focus. And normally, that's what people don't want. And you can easily be swayed. Because you want to impress people, you want to tell them everything so that they know you are powerful. I don't need you to tell me I'm powerful. I know who I am in God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. Amen? I don't need that. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. So let's go to Job chapter 32, verse 7 and 8. This was Job. His friends had come to him. They were telling him that you, you are ill because you have sinned. You have all kinds of things. Then the youngest said that, I said, age will not speak. The multitude of years will not shall teach wisdom. But there's a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understand so there's a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty and god's spirit is connected to his word so sometimes you are grappling with a situation you are trying to take a decision and all of a sudden the holy spirit breathes into your spirit that this is it this is it this is the right thing this is the direction to take that is illumination. And it comes based on the word. It's not outside the word. First Kings chapter 19 and 11 and 12. Let's see an amazing thing happen in the life of the prophet Elijah. Elijah had worked miracles and Jezebel told her that I'm going to cut off your head tomorrow about this time. And, Jezebel and Mr. Elijah started running away from Jezee. <laughs> Lady Jezee. So he ran. 
and he had journeyed the man ran ran I want to read the, <laughs> the preceding scriptures. The Lord said, where are you? He said, I'm running away. <laughs> the man around 60 miles off. He started maybe from here, 60 miles off. Then the Lord began saying, I'll speak to you now. And then he said, go out and stand out on the mountain. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore the mountains. Broke the rock into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still small voice. Elijah was a prophet that saw winds, that saw fire. That's also when the God wanted to speak to him, he was expecting those things to happen. And the Bible says that the wind came. So that, that God is in this one. God was one in it. Then the earth shook. All kinds of manifestation. God was not in it. Then fire came. Then the still small voice. One of the most important ways you can hear the voice of God is the still small voice. I tell people that everybody is a prophet. Can I tell why everybody is a prophet? Let me ask you a very sincere question. Have you come to church? And one of the major ways God will speak to you, I'm going to talk to you, to, to you now. You are about to give an offering. Brother could just stand on the pulpit and say, let's give a good offering. Then you want to give five CDs. Then something tells you that give 10 CDs. Have you heard it before? Yes. Whose voice is that? Is it a voice of a demon? It's the voice of God. And when you disobey, you will never hear him. You will never hear him. You will never, because you didn't hear him. You think that if I ask you for something, you don't give me, I will like come and beg you again. And that's why many of you don't hear the voice of God. I tell intercessors that if you are a genuine intercessor, as I begin to pray, I begin to pray for Sedinam. As soon as I begin to pray for her, because God wants me to pray aright, God will tell me what she needs now. Come, just saw what you need now. Does that make sense to you? Eh? Just... Does that make sense to you? I didn't shake my head. I didn't stamp my feet. I didn't look into the eyes. I see the spirit of God. Ah, Pastor Eric is in the spirit. Because God wants me to hear the voice of God. Because God wants me to pray aright. So what happens is that you just hear it. So many people don't allow God to speak to them. From today, be an intercessor. Pray for somebody. Anytime it comes to giving, give what you hear. I'm not saying that just get up. Just no. Anytime you want to give, the Holy Spirit will always inspire you. And why is he doing that? Because he has provision for you. 
And when you disobey, the provision is locked. The provision is locked. It doesn't come. I am not saying that that's the only way to give. Before I come into a service, I prepare my offerings. Basically, there's an amount I give every Sunday morning throughout the whole service. But sometimes, as they are sharing, I feel like giving what I have prepared for one offering for both, uh, both offerings for one offering. Just hear God. And God will always speak. He's an illuminate. The voice of the Spirit comes. And it is based on Scripture. So you realize that it goes back to the Word of God. It's not outside the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Then let's continue. The fourth way. The fifth, okay. It means you're following me. Is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit helps you to implement the will of God. When you are taking a decision, do you have fear or doubt? Do you have love or fear? Do you desire or dread? Do you have joy or anxiety? Do you have peace or pressure? Do you have meekness or self-determination? Do you have temperance or impatience? So if you are taking a decision, do you have fear or love? Do you have faith or doubt? Do you desire it or you dread it? Do you have joy or anxiety? Do you have peace or pressure? Do you have meekness or self-control? Or self-determination, rather. Do you have temperance or impatience? So you will notice here that if you are going to take the, the decision... There's a state of your heart. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says that, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called into one body and be thankful. The peace of God. That's something I call my, the equilibrium of my heart. When I'm there and I don't feel peace in my heart, I begin to ask myself, what, are, what, what is wrong with me? It's a personal question I ask. Is this something I hate? Is this something I've done? Is this something that is wrong around me? And sometimes that is a signal. If you are in a relationship and every time you are afraid, you don't need anybody to tell you. Instead of love, you are afraid. Instead of faith, there's always doubt. Instead of joy, you have anxiety. Instead of peace, you are under pressure. Instead of being meek, you think that you use your own takashi, self-determination. Instead of temperance, which is the ability to be calm under pressure, you feel very impatient. Watch it. Watch it. You are trained on something. If, you're not, if you are going to do something and you always feel very... Oh, I, I said it later. Those days when... Peter was about to close. 
I didn't know. But anytime I saw the pyramid building, my heart leaped as oh, it will not close. <laughs> anytime I was going for my my role, it's not me to get any money. Yes, I said there is a role over because you are thinking big. Anytime I see, as soon as I appear in that street, I see the building. You know, oh, that is so good. It was an education. It was anxiety. There was no joy. And I should have been wise enough to redraw my money quietly. But greed. <laughs> no, no, it won't happen. It won't happen. But greed. There yeah, are some, some, some decisions are there. You come under pressure. Be quiet. Sometimes in Ghana, when you are buying a land, they will tell you that eh, if you don't pay right now, eh, somebody has already come. Let the person take it. And many of us come under pressure. You are going to write an accommodation. The landlord will come. You go back and so landlord say, eh, if you don't pay the money quickly, quickly, somebody has. Have we even collected somebody? Let the person take it. Normally they are lying. You must not put yourself under pressure. There must be peace in your heart. There must be, if you're in a relationship, every time the relationship is anxiety. Every day is as if there's always chaos and there's anxiety. When you are, it's something that's supposed to make you feel at peace. You are always anxious. Watch it. Watch it. Don't come under, that's a signal of the spirit. That the decision you're about to take is not going to help you. Is somebody hearing me today? Say, I'll hear the voice of God. Say, I'll hear, I'll come up higher. Hallelujah. So the fruit of the spirit. It says that the peace of God will, 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 will rule. Let the peace of God rule your heart. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 said that be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. I think the Amplifier says that will garrison your heart. Will garrison, will protect your heart. That means that, you know, sometimes we can come under prayer. I was telling the pastor the other day that I don't like fire brigade prayers. Hey, something's happening. Then you start praying. That one is anxious prayer. You must know before it happens. Not that you just get up and when it happens, you say, oh, let's organize emergency all night. Before then, what are you thinking about? You must be an espionage. You must know before it happens. Is somebody hearing me? I think maybe the other translation, Gary, the word is garrison. He said, the peace of God has, that reassures the heart, that peace that transcends all understanding, that peace that safeguards your heart and your minds in Christ. So, there are things that when you pray about, there's a peace you have. Leave it. Don't go. Because some of us, we pray about something and we diffuse it ourselves again. You're finished praying, but you are still anxious. When you finish praying, there's a place in prayer that after you have prayed and interceded for a long time, your heart is at peace. That means that God has taken care of it. Yours is just to be thanking God for the manifestation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me deal with one because I'll continue next week. 
the gifts of the spirit the gifts of the spirit especially the revelatory gifts helps us to know the will of god the gifts of word of knowledge will of wisdom and discerning of spirits mostly the word of wisdom directs you to know the mind of god concerning something that is why i am more interested in word of wisdom than word of knowledge because the devil has word of knowledge especially if you are going to choose between two right things if two opportunities come to you i remember frank came to me and spoke to me that he had two jobs at the same time all of them were calling him at the same time and he came to ask me for my personal view about it and i sat down with him began to analyze the thing it was the operation of word of wisdom some people think that word of wisdom or word of knowledge is just seeing things but sometimes in counseling that's when word of wisdom proceeds I always say that when you are, you are, you are listening to my, our general overseer, Dr. Sotabel, pastor, you must be very careful because he's talking to you prophetically. You know, if you're not smart, you miss it. He says, don't you think this way? Don't you think this way? Don't you think this way? And as he says that, you obey it and see. I remember very, very first time when we were renovating that property when he came, he just tapped my back. I want you to get the big land. And build a big church in this community. I just took it as a prophetic word. And this is where we are. He didn't shake his body. He didn't say, She, I see that you have been sent here to build a big church, get the big life, see a big land. No. No. And the day I showed him, I said, How did you get it? I said, Sir, it's God's grace. So the, the gifts of the spirit, especially the word of wisdom. So sometimes you have two decisions to take. The spirit of God can guide you. Word of knowledge always gives you information about the past. Just to let you know that God is aware of the specific things that you are in. But the next level is, and I want you to know that the devil knows about your past. That is why I'm not impressed about word of knowledge. If you tell me where I'm coming from, I know it already. Tabi you tell my telephone number, I know it already. 376272, I know it already. But tell me what God will do tomorrow that I can position myself and receive it. Is somebody hearing me? And someone, when they tell us, they say, ah, then you are bamboozled. And they will tell you. <laughs> And uh, Pastor Fremont, we were making a, a just said, you tell everybody, yeah, I, I'm, you, and you, the man of God was describing the person, I've entered your town, and I'm not against those things, but I was just looking at that, and for about, almost about 10 minutes, you are describing where you are, blah, 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 then when you go there, God say, I'll bless you. So I don't know, what did you say? <laughs> so what did you, God, God will bless me, but you need to describe all the antiques, describe all, but you didn't tell me, God said, will bless me, what, in which area? 
a very prominent oil and gas man came to visit me. They wanted to see something I had done in my, our office then. Then as we were in a car park, I told the man, I normally don't like that, but something this pair of the moment thing, like Bishop Tichy first said, it comes, bam. And I said, you are into oil and gas, but I see God moving you from the oil and gas to real estate. So, the man smiled. And I said, the reason why you don't want to enter real estate, God, you have a feeling that land tenure system in Ghana is very complex. But God has also given you so much access now into places of governance, so you can get it. Then he smiled and went. So after some few minutes, the pastor called me. The pastor brought him. The bishop said, do you know what you said? The guy said, everything was right. So me, I left it and just left. Me, I don't really. After one year, I finished service. I was driving. He said, no, no, no. The, the bishop called me. I need to see you right now. I said, oh, what? Me, I'm tired. I'm going home. No, no, no. Come, come, come. So I went back to meet the bishop in his place. And so my friend who came to your office, blah, 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 sit in the car. The guy drove me into a real estate property. He said, when you gave me that word, that was the beginning of where I am today. So he wanted to move, but he needed the clear voice which confirms what is already in his heart. So the voice of God it's very clear and normally it's in your heart. It's a divine directed desire already he had. So the word of knowledge just came to confirm it. And he had gone into it. Now he's even sold his oil and gas company. Usually he met me saying, now nah, I want to go into it in Europe. Now, like I was saying last Sunday, sometimes if you're a businessman, you come around me, ask me just a simple question. Seeing things that I inspirationally tell you. So one particular person comes to my office, he carries, she carries, I'm not having to with he carries a pen and a paper. I said, because pastor, anytime you talk, inspirationally, there are things you, I have to write them, because when I leave your office, I'll forget. And when I implement them, it works. That's how God speaks to us. God bless you. We'll continue next week. Let's rise on our feet. Tell somebody to come up higher. You will hear the voice of God. Let's lift up our hands towards God and we're going to speak. For this very one, just quote First, first Corinthians chapter 12, 4 to 11. Just, just, just keep it on your notes. Go and read it. Lift up your voice and begin to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself that God, I want to hear your voice. 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 I don't want to miss your voice in this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I don't want to miss your voice. Lift up your voice. Open your mouth and pray. Pandara hasta prakades. Kalabadaba shata dabas. La prakoto prekesete naka prodosets. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Mandara balo prekesete prekena sutrados.